At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And as always, we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, and the crowd is filling up here in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino because we've got Friday night college football action, Virginia Tech. North Carolina already underway. Plenty more to look forward to, including a hometown team, Northwestern, taking on Michigan State. We'll get to that game momentarily. And also to help us with that game and many more throughout the weekend, Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap right here on Beeson, will be hopping on in about 10 minutes or so. We'll see what plays Tim's got. I know he's a big Notre Dame fan, so we'll touch on the Notre Dame-Florida State matchup. A Georgia Clemson. He's also got thoughts on Oregon and Fresno State, so plenty to get to with Mr. Murray. After that, I've gonna I've got a couple of bets that we can kind of resurface again. And we did that yesterday in terms of the NFL with my win total bets, but we'll do it once again, not only in the NFL, but college football. A couple of teams preseason that I bet to win the national championship, so we'll just kind of resurface that. And then at the end of the show, instead of the season win total bets, we'll look at some more player props that I bet. And there's plenty of them, so we'll try to get through them all, but we'll touch that. And then I've got some plays for tonight on the diamond, a few baseball plays regarding some totals. But well, let's get you squared away uh, with the game that we already mentioned, being Northwestern and Michigan State, being the only Big Ten game to look forward to, really, of significance tonight. And 
look, you can't bet this in Illinois. We understand that. But if you do have it available to you, let's kind of square away where we've seen this line move because it opened around a touchdown or so. And all the love came toward Michigan State, and that was really early opener, of course. But uh, it's come down to Michigan State catching three and a half. Money line is plus 138, minus 182 if you think the Wildcats pull it off, and the total at 45 and a half hasn't really nudged one way or the other. That's where it was at the opener. Odds-wise, the under is minus 113. The over is minus 108. Now, what's interesting for this Michigan State game is I haven't seen who's going to be the starting quarterback, whether it's Peyton Thorne or Anthony Russo as at this point. We'll see if Tim's got better inside. I was kind of trying to look it up before the show, but I know Mel Tucker was trying to be as discreet as possible. Maybe he goes, you know, with the two-man threat and attack, and look, we'll see if that'll be successful against this Northwestern team that has personally named Hunter Johnson as their starting quarterback. Remember him, the transfer from Clemson, hasn't played since that 2019 season where they went, what, 3-9, and nine, and Northwestern was just gross all around. And then last season, obviously, didn't get in the mix, but this is a year for Hunter Johnson to prove that he's going to be the quarterback that, you know, Clemson recruited him to be, and then he transferred over to Northwestern and hasn't lived up to the hype in any sense. But can Hunter Johnson do enough in game one against Michigan State? With the line at three and a half, I'm not willing to bet on the fact that he can do so. This Northwestern defense that limited opponents to about 16 points per game last season is still going to be really solid. Probably one of the top-tier defenses in the Big Ten Conference. Do I think they're going to be as dominant defensively as they were last year? No, probably not. They're losing some key players. Greg Newsom, uh, their defensive coordinator. And even more so, I, I just don't think it's it's realistic to replicate that statistically. So uh, at the end of the day, though, what this comes down to for Northwestern is their offense. Is there going to be any? Because it was still lackluster last season, but they were able to do enough to still find success. I don't know if it will be the same recipe this season. And again, I don't think it'll be enough for me to want to lay the three in the hook in this spot. So honestly... I would stay away from this one. If anything, I'd be taking the points with Michigan State. But at the same time, you got to ask yourself, do you trust Mel Tucker and company yet? Do you think they're in a right spot in his second season to warrant placing a bet on them week one on the road against Pat Fitzgerald? Probably not. So honestly, I think the best situation here would be to look at that total of 45 and a half. It could be that stereotypical Big Ten game where it's slow, it's gross, it's boring. But these are kind of the perfect teams to fit the bill for that. Because again, don't trust Northwestern's offense. They have a great defense. Then you look at the Spartans who offensively, I have no idea what to expect out of them. It's probably not going to be that great. And defensively, they're probably going to be below average as well. So a lot of things will cross each other out and it'll probably just be a slow trudging type of game that's just what you typically get out of the Big Ten. Uh, I know 45 and a half is low. I get it. But at the end of the day, this could be one of those ways to look at this game with the total in the Big Ten. And the under, like we said, is shaded that way. Minus 113 between Michigan State and Northwestern. Of course, we'll get Tim Murray's thoughts on that game momentarily. Once again, the show is Rush Hour. Welcome in. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5 is where you can follow me on Twitter. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And on this Friday night, Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap here on VEASAN, will be joining us shortly to preview tonight's college football action, tomorrow, and some Sunday games as well. After we bring on Tim, we'll get a little bit deeper into college football with some of the national championship bets I placed a while back. And we've got some baseball talk, a few plays on the diamond for this evening. And like we did yesterday with the NFL, 
Did some season win total bets, except this time we'll go over once again my bets I have in the NFL. But for player props, got a handful and then some. So uh, we'll kind of rifle through those at the end of the show. But to get things kicked off, really just started off previewing the Big Ten action tonight. 8 p.m. Central Time kickoff, Michigan State and Northwestern with a line of about three and a half at the Indiana Bet Rivers affiliate because you can't place a bet, obviously, on an in-state Illinois school if you are located in the region. Total at 45 and a half. Money line has Northwestern minus 182. Michigan State catching plus 138. Don't really have any confidence in one team over the other, but I certainly would have less confidence laying three and a hook with Northwestern, uh, Northwestern I suppose, than I would taking it with the team in Michigan, or excuse me, uh, I would rather take it than lay it with Northwestern because, again, I just don't think this offense is going to be good. And that's what's going to be the difference of seeing their success last season to the lack of it this year is my prediction with them. And, again, that's why I think the best route would be to think this is going to be a slower-scoring game, maybe a 2017 type of deal. You get at 37, total at 45.5, you're feeling pretty comfortable with that under at this point. So I think that would be the best route between Michigan State and Northwestern. Uh, if you missed it, though, yesterday, I did have just a couple of plays in college football we'll throw out really quick before we bring on Tim. The other Big Ten game that I did have some interest in regarded Iowa and Indiana. This line's actually been going kind of back and forth from three and three and a half. When it got down to three, that's when I laid it on the Iowa Hawkeyes. If you've heard me talk about it so much, I'll keep it kind of short and sweet here. These teams are virtually neck and neck, but where the advantage goes to Iowa is, of course, the home field advantage in week one. And more importantly, the ground game offensively. Tyler Goodson is going to be the difference maker, the running back for the Iowa Hawkeyes. He is going to find enough holes. The offensive line is going to do enough to get him those opportunities. And that's going to be the separator because Indiana virtually had no running game last season. They averaged less than four yards per carry, only got over 170 total rushing yards in a game just once last season. And Michael Penix Jr. could be a stud if he stays healthy, if he's not timid because of these three season-ending injuries that he's had. And the defense is great. We know that out of Indiana. Limited Big Ten opponents to about 20 points per game. They led the Big Ten in interceptions, got to the quarterback a ton, but they allowed the 10th most passing yards. So if you don't have as much faith in Spencer Petras, the quarterback for Iowa, Maybe he can improve a little bit over this secondary that was liable to giving up a ton of passing yards throughout conference play. And the thing about Petrus is if we can maybe hope that he's taken a step forward, maybe it starts in week one. That's the underlying unknown factor is what are we getting out of Petrus? You have more faith than Michael Penix despite his three season ending injuries. Petrus is a guy who needs to step up. I was needed that quarterback to be kind of dynamic and be able to be mobile. And Petrus isn't that. We know it. Goodson will make up in that area. But the offensive line should give Petrus enough time. The receiving core, hopefully you have enough talent there. But Petrus just needs to complete more passes, needs to be more consistent, and needs to limit those turnovers against these ball hawks that are presented in this Indiana Hoosier secondary. So I laid the three with Iowa in this game because of that number as well. I think they should be able to cover and win that spot. Furthermore, another game that I did have some skin on went with USC and San Jose State. This is a game that I look to play the total over. Now, 59 and a half really is the number we've been seeing as of this point. But if you looked earlier, if you did a little bit of shopping around, there were some 59s out there. And San Jose State, I believe, what, dropped 38 in the first half against Southern Utah last week in week zero? Yeah, I get it. It's Southern Utah. But we still expected San Jose State to have a prolific offense. You saw them total 45 points last week. 
And USC's defense lost some starters. I'm very intrigued to see how they bounce back just in general, how they look, and if they're going to be good enough to limit this good offense that is presented with San Jose State. So uh, in that game, and, and, and at the same time, San Jose State's defense isn't anything to write home about. USC should have a great passing offense with Slovis back in the mix. So that's why I like that total going over 59. Let's go ahead and bring in the man himself, Tim Murray, who you can follow on Twitter at one Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap here on VSIN, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. All right, Tim, I was kind of teeing it up earlier, but let's get back into this Big Ten game for tonight, Northwestern and Michigan State. The Wildcats are laying three in the hook. This totals at 45 and a half. Tim, personally, I'm not there in trusting Northwestern's offense. If anything, I'm kind of looking at the total going under despite it being low. But do you see any angle that would be worth backing Northwestern? Or do you think maybe the Spartans keep this one close? Yeah, Danny, uh, as I keep an eye on a football game going on at this very moment, um, I, uh, I am someone who is uh, inclined to take the points here with, uh, with Michigan State. Uh, at three and a half, I think this is a spot where... Uh, you mentioned it's a low total, and and uh, and and I think that you know ultimately you know with uh, with Mel Tucker getting a full off season. Remember, this is a team in Michigan State that beat uh, Northwestern last year. Northwestern, oddly enough, they only return uh, you know four starters on defense in a year where it feels like every single team, Danny, is returning all of their starters. Uh, just four starters back on defense, a new defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm not the biggest believer in Hunter Johnson, the former five-star recruit. Uh, so I think this is an opportunity to take some points with Michigan State. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a great atmosphere at Northwestern. I don't think uh, school is in session yet. Uh, so I, I just think this is a spot where Mel Tucker and that and that crew can uh, take care of business and maybe even look at a little money line play. So I wouldn't say it's my favorite play of the weekend, but I do think taking those points on the road. And Danny, you know, one thing you could notice is uh, that's been the play uh, for, you know, smart money. Obviously that's been moving in that direction. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you here too. I'm not sold on Hunter Johnson or this offense in general. And I guess I got to ask you about Michigan state a little bit more. So I, there seems to be speculation. I haven't seen official word on who's going to be the starting quarterback. So I wanted to ask you whether you've seen if it's Thorne or Russo, or if they're going to go splitting each other, because I know Mel Tucker has been pretty discreet about it. How do you think they attack their offensive setup? Yeah, you mentioned it. It's uh, it is uh, potentially a multi quarterback situation, which honestly I don't love. Uh, I don't love that. Uh, I'd rather roll with one uh, Peyton Thorne. We saw at times last year there for uh, for Michigan State, Anthony Russo, the transfer coming in from Temple. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would prefer it to be uh, one one or the other. So we'll see what they ultimately decide to do. Uh, another, you know, added wrinkle is, you know, the, the running backs for Michigan State are, are pretty strong, and they bring in Kenneth Walker, the transfer uh, from Wake Forest. So you have an, an offensive line back. There at Michigan State, um, the, yeah, the quarterback does worry me a little bit. I, I just feel like, you know, last year was such a bet on Northwestern team, right? They made the run to the Big Ten championship game, everything going their way. And fading Pat Fitzgerald is not usually an enjoyable experience. But I feel like getting north of that field goal, and, and, and honestly, what you said about the total, Danny, I wouldn't be opposed to looking under in this game as well. Uh, I just think this is a spot where, um, you know, Mel Tucker you know, goes two and five last year and, and what was uh, an impossible 
offseason. And I think, you know, Michigan State, well, uh, they still have a lot of work to do talent-wise. I think this is one of the teams in the conference where they can match up with their talent, Danny. And that's why I think at three and a half, I think it's absolutely worth the play. Yeah, you and I are in complete agreement for the Big Ten game between Northwestern and Michigan State. think it could be kind of a slower, stereotypical type of Big Ten atmosphere. Uh, let's move on to what may be a more fast-paced, higher-scoring event, and that's going to be Oregon and Fresno State. Now, Fresno State's catching 20 in the hook against this Duck squad. Total at about 64. Looks like the over's gotten some love, 61.5 up to 64. But again, Oregon, you know, moving pieces here and there and maybe some expectations to come out on top of the Pac-12. But do you think 20 and a half may just be a little bit too high for week one? I do, Danny. I wrote this up for vsin.com. And this was a game that I really circled. And, you know, I always love situational spots. And I know it's week one. And these players for Oregon should be fired up. But they also have to play Ohio State next week. And there's no doubt in that my mind that that is on uh, some of those players' minds. Now, can they go out and win? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think it's, you know, it's a multitude. I think it's Fresno State. This is borderline their Super Bowl, Danny. You've got a, a, a Washington transfer in Jake Hayner who looked the part. Granted, it was against UConn last week. I really like what he has. He's got weapons to throw to. Oregon's got two starters out due to suspension in their secondary. So I, I think Fresno State will have the ability to score. And then, once again, I go back to situational spots. It's 11 a.m. Pacific kick time. It's going to be a sleepy atmosphere. Oregon's fall semester doesn't start for a couple more weeks. Do you think all of the students, Danny, are getting to campus to go watch Oregon play Fresno State at 11 a.m.? I, I don't think so. I, I think... A lot of eyes are looking ahead, um, and, and I'll be honest. You know, Anthony Brown's the starting quarterback for Oregon. Um, I wasn't really blown away with his career at Boston College. He had some really good moments, but, you know, remember last year, he didn't win the job. He didn't really hit the field until the Pac-12 championship game and, uh, and the Fiesta Bowl. So um, I have my questions. I, I think long-term, probably at some point this year, Oregon turns to Ty Thompson, the big-time recruit, uh, the true freshman on their roster. You know, Joe Moorhead is one of the most talented uh, play callers in the country, uh, Oregon's OC. But I, I just think with everything put out there, Fresno having that slight advantage of playing already, uh, the, you know, the start time, what's ahead next week for Oregon, and, you know, a couple suspensions in that secondary. I, I do think 20 and a half is a little bit too much. Um, you know, if you were really at, uh, aggressive, you could have got a 21 earlier this week. But I think 20 and a half is still uh, worthy of a play. So I think Fresno State has the capabilities to keep this game close on on Saturday morning. All right, Tim, let's take it to Saturday evening. And if you're on the same side that pretty much everybody else who I've had on the show is on, I might have to jump on it. And that's Clemson and Georgia. This has kind of <laughs> gone back and forth from three and three and a half. Total is dipped to 51. We know this game has been plagued with injuries, which is kind of a bummer, but I guess beggars can't be choosers in week one with a top-tier matchup like this. But everybody seems to be looking the way of Clemson here. I know there's a lot of hype for Georgia in the long haul to get to the championship potentially, but Clemson minus three, is that the move in this game? Because everybody seems to be on that. Ooh. Well, I don't like that. As, as you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a contrarian go against folks, but usually the people on our airwaves uh, ride the similar uh, way I do. And uh, I, I'll, I'll say this. 
Danny, this is not my favorite play of the week by any stretch of the imagination. I will probably have a little bit on Clemson. And the reasoning is is kind of what you hit on, which is, you know, this offseason has been rough for Georgia. Now, George Pickens wasn't this offseason. He tore his ACL. Well, I guess it was. He tore his ACL in the spring. So he is out uh, for this game and, and probably most of the regular season. Uh, they get big-time transfer Eric Gilbert, but he is dealing with some off-the-field issues. He's not with the team. Uh, he would have been a monster contributor uh, for this Georgia team. There's no doubt in my mind. Darnell Washington, a tight end, also unavailable. Just depth there. Uh, you know, not a huge playmaker. Um, and uh, so there, there's just a couple more pieces. Uh, they're wide receivers. Their main two wide receivers in, in, uh, in Jackson and Burton. Uh, they should be back. Uh, actually, they will be back, but, you know, how, how healthy are there? You know, what's interesting, Danny, are the rumors, though. There are rumors out there, and none of these are founded. So just take it for what you will. Uh, but there have been rumors about the availability of Justin Ross, Tyler Davis, and Nolan Turner for Clemson. And, and Dabo was even asked about the availability of Tyler Davis, their big, you know, defensive tackle. And, and he kind of beat around the bush and didn't say anything about that. So, that would be something just to keep, you know, your eyes and ears out for. Uh, those are some big time players. But assuming they are there, and I think at the end of the day, it comes down to a couple of things. Both defensive lines are tremendous, but I lean towards Clemson. Uh, they have so many different makers up front. Uh, another year uh, under their belt, Brian Barisi, a guy that I got to see when he was in high school uh, from the D.C. area. He just is an absolute man child. Uh, great linebacker core there for Clemson as well. James Skalski is back uh, for another year. And then it comes down to the quarterback, right? JT Daniels, I, I like JT Daniels, but uh, I would say I like DJ, DJU a little bit more. And uh, I would lean towards Clemson in this spot, minus the three. Should be a really good game. But, you know, lastly, I'll say this, Danny. Kirby Smart in these spots, uh, it was tweeted out in – uh, in games as an underdog in non-conference, he's actually 2-0 and uh, straight up against Notre Dame a couple years ago and against TCU in a bowl game. But just think about when he's on the same level talent-wise, Alabama uh, and, and so forth. He, he doesn't tend to step up. So uh, I, I would have to lead Dabo in here. Tim, in about 15 seconds or less, tell us who you're betting between Notre Dame and Florida State. Seven and a half is the number. Yeah, it's a, it's a pass for me, but Notre Dame should win this game. Uh, I think Notre Dame's got a lot of talent, and nobody has seen Kevin Austin. He's a difference maker, big-time playmaker at wide receiver. Uh, a lot of people talk about the losses Notre Dame has had, which is true, but I do think Notre Dame has some playmakers that will, uh, will step up and, uh, and be, rise to the occasion on, on Sunday night. At one Tim Murray's where you can follow Tim on Twitter. Catch him hosting the nightcap 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Tim, as always, my man, appreciate you making some time. Best of luck with those wagers tonight and through the weekend and enjoy the games. All right, go Tar Heels. Yes, sir. <laughs> UNC. Oh. Man, I'm sure you're sweating it out right now. Down 14-0. But, hey, Tim, great knowledge in college. Per usual, we'll have him on consistently throughout the college football season. But that Notre Dame-Florida State game. That's going to be a fun one. Seven in the hook. We're talking with Matt Eumanns. He liked the Seminoles. Could be a good quarterback matchup in that game on Sunday night. Let's talk more college football. College football championship bets that I've placed. We'll recap those next here on Rush Hour.
At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts, remember, check them out, betrivers.com. 
All righty, welcome back to Rush Hour here on VCD Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. All right, I got to make a correction for our buddy Tim. Big thanks to him hopping on. But at the end, he said, go Tar Heels for whatever reason. But uh, don't listen to him on that because he actually took Virginia Tech. So uh, we had to make sure everybody knew the correction. So if UNC ends up winning the game, everybody back in Virginia Tech, you know who you could blame. Maybe the Tim Murray curse. But no, that, that was pretty funny. He's sweating out uh, Virginia Tech, who have a 14-0 lead going into the second half. Sam Howell, the Heisman hopeful, or one of them at least, uh, needs to figure it out a little bit. So maybe a good in-game opportunity on UNC. But let's keep it into college football and kind of resurface some of these national championship bets that we made maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, probably less than two months ago. But uh, since we are getting to the start of week one, just wanted to officially throw them out once again. And let's start with a team that a lot of people have. And, you know, for the appropriate reasons, honestly, and that's Oklahoma, who I got at 8-1 to one to win the Natty. They're currently plus 550 at Bat Rivers. Again, this was a while back and did a little bit of shopping too. But look, this Oklahoma team is primed for success in a conference that is weaker than the others. Um, yes, Iowa State is going to be pretty solid. But look, at the end of the day, Oklahoma should be the favorite, and they are. Uh, the, uh, the Sooners have won six Big 12 titles in a row, even just putting that out there. is an offense that has averaged 40 points per game for six consecutive years. They're getting Spencer Rattler, who is the presumed favorite to be the number one quarterback selected in the draft. Uh, he's got another year under helm as quarterback. And they got a lot of returning skilled players as well. The one concern that there may be with this offense is the offensive line may just take a little bit of a step back. But again, you have a mobile quarterback in Spencer Rattler. You trust a coach in Lincoln Riley to make it happen. And I think that Spencer Rattler in the offense will be just fine and just as dominant as we have seen in seasons past. Furthermore, looking at their defense, in 2018, they allowed 33.3 points per game. Big, big issue on the defensive side of the ball. Last season, they limited opponents to 21.7 points per game. Big improvement from this Oklahoma team has without a doubt been their defense. The defensive line could arguably end up being one of the best in college football. And that's tremendous when you see a team like Oklahoma in a conference like the Big 12 that has a dominant offense. The turnaround that they had defensively in that short of time is, is astounding. Like, it's very impressive. And that's why I think you have a great reason to back them to win the championship. Because you see these high-scoring offenses, but there's always the butt. And the butt is typically the defense. With Oklahoma, if they can have their defense figured out to be one of the best in the nation as well, oof, this team is going to be tough and one of the rightful favorites to win the national championship. So I have them at 8-1 to one to win the Natty. And the other squad I have is another popular play, but it's Georgia at 7-1, to one, and we were just talking about their week one matchup against Clemson that, you know, the more you hear about it, the more we talk to people about it, it seems like it could be rough for the Bulldogs. But we got JT Daniels as the starting quarterback. We'll see if he'll be able to suffice in that role for Georgia. As, you know, Tim alluded to, as we already know, their wide receiver, George Pickens, was out indefinitely with a torn ACL during spring practice, which is certainly a big blow, but he may be coming back at some point. Uh, regardless, aside from that, Georgia is still stacked enough throughout the running backs and receivers to have a good enough offense. You just need JT Daniels to lead the way and be a strong quarterback and a strong leader. The defense is still the same story with Georgia. Still going to be absolute beasts. They're going to be dominant up front. 
that's really going to be the strongest part is the defensive line, and they are going to crush it this season throughout conference play and beyond. So Georgia, if they can get healthy, if they can stay healthy, and we can trust JT Daniels, then I think Georgia is a great selection, and you can still get them at 7-1 at Bat Rivers. Uh, Alabama's a short shot right now, 3-1. Clemson's plus 350. Ohio State getting the dub last night, plus 550, along with Oklahoma. Then Georgia's 7-1, and then it's a big drop-off. Texas A&M at 40-1. Iowa State also at 40-1 for the odds, courtesy of Bat Rivers to win the College Football National Championship. All right, let's switch it up, take you away from football for just a moment. Let's go to the diamond, take a look at the slate tonight. There's actually pretty good matchups this evening, and we've got several bets in it. So stick around. We'll get you some plays in Major League Baseball, and then we'll get you some plays for NFL player props. We touched on season win totals yesterday. Let's go through the remainder of my preseason bets, and that revolves around player props. Plenty more coming your way here on Rush Hour on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL preseason has concluded. It's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide to get you ready for the regular season. The guide is only $19.99 and it's available now. Our experts provide profiles of every single team along with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, you get best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards, which I'll dish out some of mine at the end of the show. You can sign up for VEASAN All Access, get everything we offer for the entire football season sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe that's vsin.com slash subscribe it is time for some baseball talk let's take you to the diamond here on rush hour on vsin the sports betting network i am danny burke live out of the bet river sportsbook crowd is filled in an anticipation for college football as we know but still got some good baseball games to look forward to so let's start with an nl central matchup between milwaukee and st louis adam wainwright the old vet and the Cardinals on the road against Freddie Peralta, who's been having a very solid season uh, in Milwaukee. We currently see the Brewers up to minus 167. St. Louis catching plus 143. Total at seven and a half. And look, Milwaukee's coming off a great series at San Francisco. Took three out of four. St. Louis on the other side took two out of three on the road against the Reds. Taking a look at the numbers for Freddie Peralta at home this season, 2.00 ERA. 3.70 xbit, very solid from the righty. First St. Louis in two games, he's gone 9.0 innings pitched, six hits, three earned runs, 19 strikeouts, 176 batting average, have the Cardinals racked up against Peralta. Brewers are 1-1 one one in his two starts. And his most recent outing actually was against St. Louis, only went two innings pitched, but gave up three earned runs. He had shoulder issues, so he's been on the 10-day IL and been working in the bullpen, so this is actually him pitching after some time off. Now, it's kind of funny, or maybe not even just funny. It's just like, wow, you got to tip your cap. How about Adam Wainwright having a really solid season? Uh, overall, he's 13-7 and seven with a 2.97 ERA and an exit, but 3.71. But on the road, he's been pretty solid. 3.65 ERA, 
and a 3.72 xFIP on the road. And versus Milwaukee in two games, he's gone 11 innings pitch, allowed 14 hits, three earned runs, but he has racked up 10 strikeouts. And the Brewers have actually hit decently against him, 304 batting average. The Cardinals are 1-1 one in, in his starts. The angle I'm looking at here and that I played is the old reliable, you know, knock on wood, hopefully, no run in the first inning, minus 122 at Bet Rivers. Let me tell you why. Adam Wainwright has not allowed a run in the first inning in his last 14 starts, also has not allowed a run against Milwaukee both of the times he has started against them. Peralta has not allowed a run in his last five out of six starts. The one time that he did was actually against St. Louis, but that's when he left the game with that shoulder discomfort. Remember, the Brewers are a team that offensively hit worse at home with just an OPS of 695. I have a little bit more fear that the Brewers would be the one to tack on a run as opposed to the Cardinals. So just that's why I kind of threw that out there as well. But minus 122 for the no run in the first. Again, 14 consecutive starts for Wayno. He has prevented a run from the opposing team in the first inning. Banking on that happening again. And we're rolling with no run in the first, minus 122 in Milwaukee between the Brewers and the Cardinals. Let's keep it on and go to Coors Field where, speaking of runs, there's always the assumption there will be plenty, but the total actually has moved toward the under. 12 and a half is where it opened. 11 is where we're currently seeing it at Bet Rivers between the Braves and the Rockies. Antonio Senzatella taking the bump for Colorado. And uh, Huascar Yanoa taking it for Atlanta. And Yanoa isn't bad on the road, but he pitches a tad bit better at home. But on the road, 3.71 ERA, 3.41 XFIP, so very solid numbers. Senzatella at home, one of those anomalies where he's actually pitched better at Coors Field. 3.89 ERA, 4.07 XFIP. Rockies have also won his last six home starts, oddly enough. Uh, again, the under has seen a lot of movement, like we alluded to, 12.5 down to 11. But I haven't bet any full game unders this season. There's too much, you know, variables being the bullpens, the lack of trust with them, and the extra innings rule with a man starting on second, adding to more runs. So I'm going with the first five angle here. And the way I did it was, you know, if you shopped around a little bit, you're able to see a six out there. But they were moving down to five in some spots, I know, for the first five innings. And it's funny to see it that high, considering it's the first five innings. But again, it's Coors Field, so that's what happens. Five and a half is the number we're seeing at Bet Rivers, but I played under six runs in the first inning at minus 125 for the fact that Huascar Yanoa has been a solid pitcher, even on the road, and more so that Antonio Senzatella has pitched, you know, fairly decent at home, better than he has on the road for the Rockies. Yes, Colorado is tremendous batting-wise at home, but they've slowed down a little bit. Yesterday, six to five. You know, 11 runs, it's still a lot, but not as tremendously amount of runs as we're accustomed to seeing at Coors. And the Braves' bats, they do a little bit worse on the road. So I like that it's a high number, and you've seen the big movement go that way. So I played first five under six runs between the Braves and the Rockies, minus 125. Now this next game, the Dodgers and the Giants, we got uh, first-hand reporter Magic Johnson tweeting out that it's not going to be David Price taking the bump, and uh, that's how I handicapped this game originally. So, you know, if you had the listed pitchers, if you want to bet it again, go ahead and try to do so. But David Price, the southpaw, was supposed to go, but now it looks like he is not going to be on the bump. Uh, Anthony Desclafani, he is taking them out for the Giants. The way that I handicapped this game was actually going over the total of 8.5, and, and that's still where we see it at Bet Rivers. Because Descalfani, at home, he's got a 4.04 ERA, better XFIP, 3.80, which is promising. 
but he's gone up against the Dodgers five times this season. In 21 innings pitched, he's allowed 21 hits, 22 earned runs. The Dodgers are batting 341 batting average-wise against him, so not too successful. He's 1-8 with a 6.47 ERA and 11 career starts against the Dodgers. I'd throw you out the price stats. That would bode well for going on the over, but at this point, it doesn't matter. Uh, the Giants, as we know, are better at home with a 782 OPS. They don't hit as good against lefties, but hey, it's not going to be David Price, so it doesn't matter. Dodgers batting splits. They hit worse on the road, 740 OPS. However, they are better against righties, sporting a 761 OPS tonight. So we'll see how this total moves, if it does at all, at about 8.5. So wait to see what the news is on who's pitching. Would still lean toward the over in the spot, because again, especially if it's going to be a righty, the Giants tend to do better against righties than they do lefties and just dominate at home overall. So would still play the over 8.5 in this spot and think that's a good direction to go toward in this matchup. And a very important one at that between Los Angeles and San Francisco. So over 8.5 in that spot. And then with the Braves and Rockies, first five total under six. And the no run in the first inning with that NL Central matchup between the Cardinals and the Brewers. All righty, that'll wrap it up for baseball. Let's go to the Gridiron Talk NFL as we wrap up a Friday edition of Rush Hour. We've got player prop bets all throughout the NFL. And, of course, we'll recap our college football action. You see it there with Iowa and UCS, or USC and San Jose State. Again, we'll recap that next. Stick around here on Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams. Only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts. Check them out. BetRivers.com. All righty, last segment here on a Friday night. It is Rush Hour on VCD Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. We dished you out several plays for baseball, college football. Let's wrap it up with some NFL bets. Yesterday we did our season win total bets. Now we are going to conclude it with some player prop bets, and uh, we've got many of them. So uh, stick with us here. We'll try to squeeze them all in, but. Let's go ahead and start with Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year, plus 210. This is actually up to plus 250 now because of the injuries that we've seen throughout hard knocks and camp with Dak Prescott. But aside from that, I think it's just even better incentive for more of a value with Prescott. At the end of the day, this is a narrative-driven award. You saw it with Alex Smith, the perfect, the picture-perfect guy to win that award. Yes, his injury way more extreme than Dak Prescott's, but still a gruesome injury for Prescott to come back with. He has great talent offensively for him to pad those stats and a good opportunity to take advantage of a relatively weaker division to also help his case for this award. If he can just play even close to where he started off last season, get the Cowboys on the right path to being a top two team in the division, he is set up beautifully to win this award for comeback player of the year. can make the argument for Joe Burrow, but what is he coming back from? That was his rookie season, and there wasn't a level to set the bar at with him. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, maybe you can make the argument, but he still played in a few games, and, you know, he was kind of game-time decision for a lot of it. Saquon Barkley would be the other guy that could maybe have the argument being made from, uh, for him if he has that great of a season and the Giants are in contention. But, look, at the end of the day, the easy route here is Dak Prescott, and you're getting better value with him. I got plus 210. You can get him plus 250 now, but the award is set up perfectly for Dak Prescott if he can stay healthy again with that arm injury, but I'm banking on that he does. All right, so that's my thoughts for comeback player of the year. Let's move on to a specific quarterback here. Let's go with Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. 
Total passing yards, 4,100 and a half, minus 112 each way for over under. In three years with Minnesota, he's gone over this mark in two out of three of those seasons where he's played all 16 games. And look, as a starter, he's gone over this mark in four out of six seasons in his career. Last season racked up over 4,200 passing yards. 2019, not as good in 15 games played, just 3,603 passing yards. But then in 2018, it was right under 4,300 passing yards. Remember, he's still got studly receivers to help him, and Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, who was the NFL rookie receiving record, he set that with 1,400 receiving yards last season. You lose your tight end, Irv Smith, which is a blow, but the Vikings will be able to fill that void somehow, and he's still got Delvin Cook out of the backfield as well. Remember that you also get an extended season, and he's gone over this mark in just 16 games played. If he could play 17, even more confidence with him going over 4,100 and a half. If we're assuming they're not going to have strong control over the NFC North and he can stay healthy, then I assume that he can play all 17 of those games and go over this total passing yards mark of 4,100 and a half. Let's keep it up with the quarterbacks, though. Jeff Parles put me on this player prop, and I followed him on it. How about Aaron Rodgers and his interceptions? The number that we played it at was 8.5. The over was the dog plus 115. The under was minus a buck 43. Rodgers has only gone over this mark twice in his career. The first time was in 2008 when he threw 13 picks, then in 2010 with 11 interceptions. Last season, in 2020, he threw just five interceptions. 2019 through just four interceptions 2018 only two interceptions 2017 had the injury halfway through uh, 2016 had seven interceptions 2015 was the last time he was close and he had eight interceptions now he may still just play 16 games if they control the nfc north so uh, less of an opportunity for him to go over it he's a lot more decisive of a quarterback the older he gets he's throwing a lot more shorter routes and not gambling as much with the deep threats you trust Aaron Rodgers in the spot. It's not great to lay a number like minus 143, but it is the safe bet here and the consistent one historically, and I'm playing that. Aaron Rodgers under 8.5 interceptions, minus 143. Now, speaking of interceptions, let's talk about another quarterback in the NFC North, betting them all except for the Bears quarterbacks. This one, Jared Goff. His interceptions number set at 12.5, over under minus 112 each way for the newly added quarterback up in Detroit. Last season with the Rams, in 15 games, he tossed 13 interceptions. 2019 had 16 interceptions in 16 games. 2018 just missed it with 12 interceptions in 16 games. Now, where is there an advantage for Jared Goff in Detroit? Short answer, there's none. He's only facing five teams that finished bottom half of DVOA pass defense last season. He's going to be having a worse offensive line worse receivers, and just, hey, you're on the Lions. You're going to be playing from behind a lot. You're going to have garbage throws at the end of games that will probably also pad your stats in the interceptions. It's not going to be padding his. It's going to be padding in my benefit because I'm going Jared Goff over 12.5 interceptions. He's gone over that in two out of the three last seasons with a better team, better coach, better roster. Now you're getting the complete opposite. I have full faith that he goes over 12.5 interceptions once again for this upcoming season in Detroit. All right, let's go to the West Coast. Let's talk Chargers and let's talk Justin Herbert. Passing touchdowns in his sophomore season, 28 and a half is the number it's set at. Over under minus 112 each way for Herbert. He threw 31 touchdown passes last year in just 15 games. He's going to face nine defenses that finished in the bottom half of DVOA pass defenses past year. He's getting a full offseason with the squad. 
more familiarity, more comfort. He knows he's going to be the starting quarterback. He's thrown a Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Gutton, Jared Cook, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson in the backfield. Oh, let's not forget, they invested in their offensive line. They are going to have a better offensive line and get this kid more time to throw. He cleared this number by two, meaning he needed to get 29. He got 31 last season. I think the same happens in the sense of him going over 28 and a half, and I think that's a good bet to place Herbert over 28 and a half passing touchdowns. Now let's switch it up a little bit, go with some of the skill positions here before we bring it back to a quarterback. Let's talk Josh Jacobs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Rushing yards prop, 1,000 and a half for the man. He's has the over set at minus 106, the under minus 118, but Look, I'm going with the shorter odds here and going with the over uh, minus 106 because he's gone over this mark in each of his first two seasons with the Raiders. Last season in 15 games, had 1,065 rushing yards, about four yards per attempt, 71 per game. Actually had better numbers in lesser games in 2019, 13 games played, 1150 with his rushing yards, averaged just under five yards per attempt and 88 and a half yards per game. So we did regress a little bit from 2019, but look, if we can assume he plays more of a full season again, there's no reason why he can't get over this mark in an extended season and in a season where he's going to have favorable matchups against 10 defenses that finished bottom half of DVOA run defense last year. So look for Jacobs to eclipse 1,000 and a half rushing yards. He's going to get over that. The Raiders will have a very solid offense. Jacobs will lead the way on the ground. Let's go to the Bears. Here's a Bears bet for you, finally. An NFC North player uh, with Chicago. Receiving yards for Allen Robinson, 11.50 and a half. Overs even money, unders minus 124. I'm going with the chalk here, laying a buck 24 with A-Rob to stay under this. He's been held under this mark in five out of seven seasons, but he was injured in one. So realistically, he's been held under this in four out of six seasons. With the Bears last season, he did get over it, 1,250 receiving yards. The year prior had 1,147, so just missed it, but still stayed under. Then in 2018, had 754 receiving yards. So he has been held under this mark in two out of three seasons with the Bears, but he just missed it by four yards in year two. So why wouldn't I bet the over? Well, it's simple. You don't know who your consistent quarterback is going to be, who you can rely on, whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. Who is he going to be seeing more of? Also, the wide receiving room is getting more crowded, which is a good thing if you're a Bears fan. You're rooting for that. But you got Darnell Mooney in his second season, who has a lot of hype around him. You're picking up Demir Bird, Marquise Goodwin, and Perriman, who you just got as well. Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, Jesse James makes up the tight end position. Long story short, not as many opportunities for Allen Robinson, playing him under 11.50 and a half receiving yards. Then let's go with Lamar Jackson on the ground, not in the air, but what can Lamar Jackson do in the ground game? 9.50 and a half is his rushing yards prop over under minus 112 each way. He's gone over this mark in two out of three seasons when he's been with the Ravens, but both where he has been the starter. Last season had 159 rushing attempts, racked up 1,005 yards in his MVP season in 2019. 176 rushing attempts, 1,206 rushing yards. With the extra game added, you can assume he can go over this again, especially because he's facing 12 teams that finished bottom half of DVOA run defense last year. He had the injury in the backfield, going to be needing to utilize his legs even more so. Look for Lamar Jackson as a starter to once again get over 950 and a half rushing yards. And then finally, before we head out, we talked about this bet maybe a week or two ago, but the match bet head-to-head -head prop 
Ryan Fitzpatrick minus 150 to throw more passing yards than Jalen Hurts. He'll finally get Fitzpatrick as a full-time starter. We're not fully there on Jalen Hurts being able to be a consistent thrower, and I'm a backer of Jalen Hurts. I want him to succeed in this league and be a good starting quarterback. I just don't think he has what it takes to outthrow Ryan Fitzpatrick this season. I think he's got better receivers, does Fitzpatrick, better experience, and just a better arm and offensive line. So give me Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Juice, minus 150 to throw more passing yards than Jalen Hurts. And if you missed it earlier tonight, we did have some plays in baseball. We did the no run in the first with the Brewers and Cardinals, minus 122. Rockies versus Braves, first five under six. Giants versus Dodgers, there was a pitching change, but check it out and go over eight and a half. And for college football this week, USC versus San Jose State over 59 and Iowa lane three versus Indiana. Best of luck as always if you tail. And before we head out, a big shout out to our producer, Jacob Roach, who's going on to what they said on the nuts, his other show, Bigger and Better Things here on VEASAN. Catch him out on the weekends. But throw him a follow on Twitter at Roach underscore 97 and throw him a chirp every now and then. He deserves it. But no, big shout out to Jacob for helping with the show on a nightly basis. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to another edition of Rush Hour. Enjoy your weekend. College football week one. Best of luck. We'll catch up on Monday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.